Hey guys, it's Tiffany from Down for the Count. So listen, we had a couple of technical difficulties. We had some family stuff to take care of. So we've been out of commission for about two weeks. This is why on this episode, you're going to hear some content that's about two weeks old. Nevertheless, we wanted to make sure we put something out for you guys so we wouldn't go another week without an episode. So without further ado, this is Down for the Count. I like to call it the lost episode. You guys, I hope you enjoy it and make sure you stick around because we're having some new episodes coming out very, very soon and you're not going to want to miss this content coming up. So enjoy the podcast and I'll see you guys soon. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, freaks and geeks, and all you other losers out there. And thank you for tuning into Down for Account. Uh, my name is Nicole, and I have with me um, Alexis and Tiffany. You guys want to say hi? Hi. We're back. <laughs> Sorry, we went on a little bit of a hiatus, guys. Um, and then. Also, we'll catch you up to what we've all been doing. So, first, we'll start off with Alexis because she has the most exciting news. So, what have you been up to during our small break, Alexis? Yes, do tell. Oh, um, besides the fact that I lost my voice, if you couldn't tell from the last show, um, last night I was basically on cloud fucking nine because I finally after all these years got to meet the one and only Jeff Hardy and oh my god it was amazing he uh he came to um he came to Knoxville because I'm in good old Tennessee go balls and um <laughs> and uh, he was doing a meet and greet and did a um, acoustic setting where he sang like some of his original songs and he did some covers and um dude there's over like 200 people there like that it's a small venue and i'm surprised everybody kind of fit with like fit in with everybody because i'm like there's gonna be like a riot or they're gonna turn my biggest fear was that they were gonna turn people away at the door but um no they didn't do it and um i was as giddy as a school school girl on crack like there is, there is no other explanation for it. I was just like sixteen-year-old Alexis with Hardy Boy Team Extreme pictures hanging all over her room, and you know, trying to figure out. Oh, ten years age difference. That's not a big. That's not a big gap between me and Jeff Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, because that's how my sixteen-year-old brain was wired, and. Yeah. Um, so, so like like all of us. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, we're all so, like that. <laughs> we're still like so, that. Um, I pulled up trying to find a parking space because there was a lot of people there. And um, I had got there just as Jeff pulled up and he got out of the van he was in. And he was he was changing his shirt. And okay. that was just it was just like because I pulled right up and I had the perfect angle. And I got a hold of you two. I left you guys a voicemail and I sound like a little kid. I listened back to it. I thought it was like a freaking love struck teenager. I was like, yes. oh my God, I just saw Jeff Hardy. 
<laughs> it was so like, funny. I just thought it was so cute. Yes. That was a few that was the few joys I got out of my day yesterday. Oh. I mean, very few joys I got out of my day. Oh my god. <laughs> it was amazing. So we get in line and this guy, I don't know what his problem was. He kept trying to do that gatekeeping thing where he was asking me like wrestling trivia. Ugh. Oh, because my husband, my husband was supposed to go with me, but at the last minute he changed his mind. And because um, we didn't, we didn't know what was going on with Jeff because of his um, <clears throat> legal issues. And kind of waited. Kind of waited because because you admit wrestlers who do this meet and greet stuff. Like the day right before they cancel, and then you're like, "Well, shit!" And half the time you don't even get your money back. Uh, so this guy in line is just like asking me all this dumb wrestling trivia, and it's kind of like, "Oh my god, dude, just shut up and leave me alone!" Like I'm not here for you, because you know he's trying to hit on me while I'm wearing my fucking wedding ring and talking oh. about my husband, my child. And he's still trying to hit on me, and I'm just like, dude, come on, fuck off. So, like, the last thing he was he tried was like, well, what Survivor Series did The Undertaker look at? And I'm like, okay, I want you to leave me alone. You want this answer? I'll give it to you. So I turned around, I looked right at him, I said, Undertaker came out at Survivor Series, like, 1994? Yeah, I, I got the date right, I know I did, because I checked later, I'm like, he was with Brother Love, he teamed up with Ted. Eddie Biasi, and that's how he made his big event. He didn't get pinned or anything because he got he chased Dusty Rhodes out of the fucking ring. And, and I looked right at him and I said that I go, now can you leave me the fuck alone, please? I am not in the mood. That's 100 accurate. Good job, Good job. Thank you. Thank you. I know I don't know every I don't know everything. I don't know who the 1985 NWA world champion was, because that's the year I was fucking born in. But whatever. <laughs> um so we get in line, or I'm in line, we finally get inside, and it's like, seeing, y'all are gonna laugh at me so bad for this. No, we're You know, not. when you see like a very priceless piece of artwork that you always see in photographs, but when you finally see it up close in person, it's even more beautiful. Yeah. I had that moment. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just like... Because he's so, he's so good looking. I don't know what the hell, what, I don't know, but he's, he's gotten better looking with age. And I'm just, I'm nervous, like, the entire time. And the lady in front of me turns around and she goes, are you okay? I said, why? She goes, your legs are shaking. And I'm oh like, my gosh. I'm shaking, like. It was like the Eminem song. My hands were like my knees were shaking. My palms were sweaty. <laughs> but I didn't, I'm thinking, oh my god, I'm gonna throw up spaghetti, even though I haven't had spaghetti. Oh jeez. <laughs> I mean, it was bad. It was it was bad. And I'm just like, I'm gonna faint. I'm gonna pass out. I'm gonna puke because I felt it in my stomach. I'm like, I'm gonna throw up on fucking Jeff Hardy. And um, so I I get up there and it's my turn and I'm like, oh fuck. And I'm, I took pictures and I sent it these two and I've been getting shit for it all day. And in the picture, it looks like I'm about to cry. Just like, what did you say? What did you say I looked like, Tiff? I said you, say? you look like that that schoolgirl that's always had that crush, and she finally sees him. She finally gets him, and you were just 
You just look like you were either about to cry because you saw him or you were going to pass out. What a better call And um, I shook his hand and um, that enough would have probably, and I, I started to, I almost started to cry because like there's a few times I caught myself and you know, I, I told him, thank you for everything you've done. And, you know, you came out at a time for me where where I was at. It wasn't cool to be considered a weirdo. But then here comes Jeff Hardy, the weirdest fucking guy you could meet at that time. And I'm like, you know what? It's you made. I told him, I said, you made being weird cool to me. And I needed that at that point in my life. And, you know, um, I, was, I started to cry. And out of nowhere, he fucking hugged me. And it was like, oh my God, Jeff Hardy's hugging me. What do I do? What do I do? <laughs> Arms, she, something. I, I went live and she she was at the, the meet and greet. And I thought that she was just, you know, mingling around. But he did like a whole set. And she calls yeah. and comes in the live and you can listen to it. And he's singing, and I'm like, Alexis, just, just enjoy the moment that you're in. That you're in. I wanted to share it though, and I was just like, because the whole time, like, there's pictures online um, uh, people have been putting up, and someone's got a picture of me, and I'm staring up because I'm sitting down at this one point. I'm staring up at him, and you think there's like no other man on this planet at this point. Like, I'm just staring right at him, and I got the most love-struck look on my face. And I'm like, my husband is never allowed to see this. <laughs> he will never see this. And honestly, he was just like... And, there, and, you know, he interacted with the crowd a lot, too, and that was really cool. And um, at one point, a guy yelled, he goes, I love you, Jeff! And he goes, I love you, too! And then, like, all the girls start yelling, and... You know, I love Jeff. I love you, Jeff. And he actually um, did it. And he was telling me when I said, I love you, Jeff, because I got, you know, stupid. And he looked right at me and he pointed a smile at me. He goes, I love you more. And I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> such an idiot. And, and, so uh, funny. <laughs> and he was so funny. And he was with the crowd. And it was really cool. And he told us like a bunch of stories. Like he, like, um, he told a story about Rowdy Piper, how he went out and had a drink with him a couple times. Um, when he comes back, when he comes back, he wants to face Kofi because according to him, he goes, "Yeah, last time, last time I faced Kofi Kingston, he was still saying he was from Jamaica, and you know, just being like, you know, he's just saying all these stupid off kilter jokes, and uh, he actually well, pulled out. He faced him though. Yeah, that's what that's he a while ago. And then um, he mentioned the whole Randy Orton screwdriver thing in Hell in a Cell. And he actually took his gauge out and he put his his finger through it. And I would have threw up. Uh, yes. <laughs> fucking bad when people do that. It's just like. I would have left. I literally would have left. No, you uh, would not have. I don't care. I, I wasn't leaving at that point. Um, he, did, he did share this really cool story. He. Uh, he was talking about like back in the day he was wrestling Shawn Michaels that tells you how long ago this was he was wrestling Shawn Michaels and um, he had a lip ring in and he got because someone asked him like what's the most painful thing you, you've ever done so that's why he took out the gauges in his ears 
and he said um, he was wrestling Shawn Michaels. It was like way early. It's like when the Hardy Boys first broke out or something like that. And he goes, you can see it in the in the match. I had a lip ring. And he goes, well, Shawn decided to do this crossbody weird move. He goes, I don't remember the move. All I remember is my lip ring getting caught on Shawn Michaels' pants. And when Shawn landed, it ripped his lip ring right out of him. Oh, uh, I want to go home. And I'm and goes, home. <laughs> that sounds terrible. I know people who have piercings like all over the place. And the first thing I did was went to my mouth and Jeff points it. He goes, yeah, it's like that. And I'm like, bro, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but actually, Brother Nero himself, we have a down for the count exclusive people. That's right. Exclusive. This is from... Right. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm too fucking old. This is from... Like... right? Yeah, so this perfect. Alright. So this came from the mouth of Brother Nero himself, so I believe that more than any wrestling dirt sheet that I, I'll read. So Jeff is due to come back, according to him, because he was with his knee surgery. You could tell him it was his knee because it was cramping up on him and he kept trying to work it out for the whole show. And uh, there's one point he got a lady from the audience because he was doing some stupid square dance bullshit. And they were just like him and her were just going like it was so funny. I'm like, oh, my God, this is hilarious. And he he does that. What's that dance? Floss. He flossed a lot. And it's oh, like, okay. seeing, like, Jeff Hardy, please don't do that. You're kind of killing it here for me. Not all the way, but you're just a little bit. Um, but it's oh, really boy. cool. Like, anyway, the story is Jeff is supposed to come back in November to the WWE just in time for Survivor Series or a little bit mm-hmm. afterwards. Of course, he said he wants to come back before Survivor Series. He wants to go against... The one and only, and Nicole, you're going to lose your shit. He wants to face Bray Wyatt. Oh, but not, But not as Jeff Hardy. He wants to face The Fiend as Willow. Oh. Awesome thought. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. People went crazy, and I was like, yes! Now, I she's knew he was coming back as I knew huh? he was coming back as well, but I didn't know who he was gonna face as well. He, so I'm I'm kind of stoked about that. I can't wait. He wants the fiend, and honestly, I think that'll be a great buildup because, and I I hate to say this because of course it's Jeff and it's my future husband. He just doesn't know it yet. But how would that be for like I hate and I hate when people say this the passing of the torch. But what if it's that's kind of like Jeff Hardy? Because, you know, Bray worked with Matt, and Matt has nothing but nice things to say about Bray. So, like, what if it's kind of is like the passing of the torch from Jeff Hardy to Bray Wyatt? Because that means a lot. Um, well, if it is, you know, that's kind of cool. Um, but I, I feel like nowadays that that doesn't necessarily have to happen. Um, 
it's not a bad thing. It's not a you know terrible thing. It's cool. I'm happy for him. But Jax wasn't really known for the horror type of character. Willow was relatively new to his table of personas. But um, I mean, I wouldn't mind it. It's not something that I'll say, "Ooh, it can't happen." You know, I don't, I don't want to see that. Like, no, it'd be awesome. But if I was going to say somebody needs to pass the torch to Bray, you would automatically go for the Undertaker because they have that similar genre of personas that they're, you know, presented to the public as entertainment. But that's just me. It gets better though, you know. If Jeff's like, if I have my way. The way I wouldn't want Willow to be introduced to the Fiend is in the Firefly Funhouse. He wants to go on the fu- Firefly Funhouse as Willow to challenge Bray Wyatt. Oh, I mean, shit. same. I don't want to go to the Firefly Funhouse. And that's also funny because um, I was listening to Cheap Heat Podcast um, the other day, and... He had Matt Hardy. He, um, Peter Rosenberg randomly had Matt Hardy and then talked to him briefly, um, touched on the Edge Lita storyline, which I thought was really fascinating. And I won't mm-hmm. get too much into it, but he also asked Matt because Matt's going to be an MSG this upcoming mm-hmm. week. Yeah, he is. I forgot what he's, I forgot what he's <laughs> doing, but he'll, he'll be on, he'll be at MSG or whatever that place is called. You know what Madison Square Garden is, people. But anyways, um, he said he really wants to face Bray Wyatt, but he wants to do it as Broken Matt Hardy. And that's how... And he also said that he knows he doesn't have much in-ring time left. And that was kind of hard to hear him say that, because it's like, you know that. But he said that, he's like, I don't have... He's like, I have a couple good years left in me and he's like that's it and I know that and he's like obviously I'm a- I've come to terms and I'm okay with that but he wants to go out as the broken Matt Hardy gimmick that's how he wants to finish and then one of the things he wants to do is have a program with Bray Wyatt so I don't know maybe him broken Matt Hardy and Willow can do a two for one with Bray Wyatt or so, Tip, what have you been up to? Oh, my God. <laughs> um, well, first of all, part of the reason why we haven't had a podcast out, at least for last week, was I had to go out of town for my sister. So, I've been here, stuck in East Amherst, New York, and I'm scratching and clawing to get back to Cleveland. <laughs> I, um... That's- let her out. <laughs> nobody ever says that. Like that's it's it's not a thing. Like nobody ever says, Ooh, I gotta get to Cleveland. Like, no, you're always trying to get out. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, I got here um like I think it was last Thursday, I wanna say. Um we got here and I've been here literally in this house for this entire time. And um, I still have some. Matter of fact, I left earlier than that. I left Tuesday. See, I'm losing track of time. Oh, <laughs> I left Tuesday. I've been here this whole time. And we still have a few more days here. And she's been gone this whole time, which kind of pissed me off. 
But in the meantime, um, in terms of my social media, things have gone completely haywire. Um, for like the last couple of months, I've been getting weird messages and all types of stuff. And some of the people that come in my lives are getting these weird messages and stuff. And we never could, we figured out who it was at one time and we all blocked them and everything stopped. Well, they reared their ugly head back in the lives again. And they're verbally attacking us, verbally coming after us. It got bad, so I decided to flush them out. And we just did the live like we normally do. And um, it went completely left from the moment the person got in. And it completely, <laughs> you would think that they would just, you know, play it cool, you know, for the whole time. And just kind of comment occasionally and, like, ease their way into it. But no, it was full on you're this, you're that, you're a cheater, you're a liar, you're racist, you're this. And they were trying to say everything they could to get my go. And I was just like, bro, I'm not, <laughs> nothing you've said, I haven't heard you say before. So what are you going to do now? And then they would go to the, you're bullying me. And it was just a whole mess. And the one thing that I took away from that is that somebody's always trying to take you down. Somebody's always trying to come after you. Somebody is always trying to tear you down, whether it be mentally, physically, emotionally. It doesn't matter. They're always trying to come after you. And the only way that you can stop them or to take them out is to literally not give two fucks about what they want or what they're doing or what they're saying. What they say have no effect over what's going to happen. I've been caught everything I could think of, everything they could think of. They've flagged like every video I've ever made. Half of my videos have been snatched down. And I keep going. I keep making videos. I keep doing things with you guys. And nothing happens. <laughs> he goes, I'm threatening you and I'm going to take your account. Down. I'm never going to stop until your account is shut down. And I'm like, Okay, you're gonna have long. You're gonna have a hard time. Like, <laughs> just keep it moving. You know, keep on doing what you're doing. Um, and um, I just want to give a special shout out to our friend Katrina. Um, she actually just moved to Australia this week. So, um, Australia, good luck. You have no idea what's about to hit you. But, um, <laughs> oh yeah. If you guys need an insult, go to her. Because I was watching yeah. the live, and she was just, she wasn't, she wasn't, like, saying anything mean. She wasn't, you know, fuck you, blah, blah, blah. She was, Katrina, you are, you are, you are the best, sweetheart. And, uh, <laughs> we missed y'all already. <laughs> she is. But it was just, it oh was, it was just eye-opening thing. And, you know, you just, I sat back and I thought about it yesterday, and I'm like, I'm a lot stronger than I um, than I thought I was. Cause I can tell you, a couple years back, ten years, maybe that wouldn't have gone down as easy. I'd be very, very upset. But yeah. social media makes you have thicker skin, or at least you should have thicker skin if you're going to be on social media. And I was just like, what the fuck is he gonna do to me? If you wanna come at me, come at me, bro. You're gonna get fucked up if you do. So, 
be my guest. But that's how my weekend went. And that's how I've been living for the last couple of days. Nicole. Um, <laughs> I'm, I had, um, I basically worked all night shift, literally all last week. So I haven't really been able to watch as much wrestling as I normally do. So I think that's another reason why I feel so out of sorts. Like I have no idea what's going on in the world because I kind of don't. <laughs> I just and when I work nights, I don't end up leaving work till after two a.m. So I'm Me? usually there for extensive amount of time. But um, just been doing that, and then also getting ready because I will be going to Atlanta on Friday. So I just been trying to like get myself prepared for that mentally. Just finish organizing the tail ends of stuff I need to organize and just get ready for my trip but um in the meantime tomorrow um shout out to skull and bones um wrestling school and fitness center um they're one of the wrestling schools i will be associated with that i'll be doing my training with um they're actually having an open house for um and they're having their really good friends with impact wrestling the owner of the school justin carnes is also shout out to them he's anytime i've interacted with him he's been a super nice guy um he's been in the game for roughly 20 years and he's worked with like roddy piper all sorts of people sammy callahan so he's just like a really good solid um indie worker and just like a cool guy but his some uh, his friends from Impact will be there, such as Trey Miguel from the Rascals, and then we have Beast from OVE and also Rhino. Mm, so, cool. and they'll Sweet. have their merch available. So I think I might try to cop me a Rascals and a OVE shirt while I'm there. And Hell yeah. So that's literally all I've been, literally all I've been doing. Hey, Nicole, have fun and, uh, dude, do good so you can be that ref that gets launches into the front row when the ring breaks. Hell yeah. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm over. <laughs> she, she ain't recording. Speaking, speaking of refs, um, that's going to be something I'm going to talk about once I get to my indie session because I very upsetting thing happened to a ref in Rev Pro that I'll touch upon once we get to that section of the podcast. But in the meantime, um, let's start off with, I quote, everybody's fucked up king of the ring brackets. Burn it down. Burn it down. Burn it down. Salty earth. Start over. They're gone. There are no brackets. You can't have a bracket. Nobody has a bracket. And if they said they picked Chad Gable, I I didn't pick Chad Gable, but I was like, it'd be cool if he did get (laughs) because I went to I did. I was like, like, it would be cool to see. I didn't think that was like a real thing. Right. Um, 
funny. Oh my god! One. I can't can't remember his name, but he this guy is so fucking funny. He's one of my mutuals on Twitter, and we were going back and forth about it. And he was like, "Man, he's like I'm he's like I'm so over this." And I was like, "I'm gonna toss away my bracket." He was like, "I'm legitimately gonna print out my bracket just so I can throw it away." <laughs> That's how over I am. I, wow. Okay. So, okay, so last week I was sick of shit and I didn't watch any recaps on Raw. Why the fuck? Why the fuck are we having a three way with Baron Corbin, Samoa Joe, and Cedric Alexander? Is that okay? Cool? Well, it was okay. It wasn't a management thing. That's the first thing. It was. A pure. It was a planned accident. Let's put it that way. Basically, okay, what so happened is they they both went up to the top of the um the ropes on one of the corners of the turnbuckle, and then Ricochet did a move, if I can recall, and Samoa Joe went down. Ricochet went down. Samoa Joe's arm was on Ricochet. Ricochet's arm was on Joe, and it was a double pin. The ref counted. So instead of ruling it as like maybe they can restart the match or whatever, he went to the back and asked what he should do. And Baron Corbin felt like he just was going to advance, like he didn't have to wrestle anybody anymore. And the ref told him, no, you've got a triple threat match with both of these men at Madison Square Garden at next week's Raw. That's pretty much how it went down. That's why all three of them are in the match and not just Corbin and Ricochet or Samoa Joe. Okay, I don't know why I said Cedric because I guess I wanted Cedric to advance, but that's... Okay, I did see that with the ref. That ref mm-hmm. had better mics than most of the most people on the current roster. I'm going to tell you that first of all. <laughs> This this is this is becoming this is becoming stupid. Like this hurts my brain, stupid. And it's pro I mean, wrestling. I, I kind of like it like this. I mean, nobody was right about their brackets. Nobody. My brackets it, were fucked up the first week. Okay, I'm pissed. <laughs> yeah, mine was as soon as the first week hit. I was like, man. No, actually, mine was okay the first week. I think. Who, who, yeah, mine was that. I only added okay. No, the it didn't because Elias won. That's that yeah, was yeah, the yeah. That was the one. That was the one y'all was really pissed about. But yeah, for the first week everything was fine, and it was the second week, and then the week after that where shit just went crazy. And then this last tournament, I was like, okay, I really, really wanted Cedric to advance. And I thought they were going to let him advance and then have Joe and Cedric battle it out. But they did this little doozy. So I still say that Chad's going to win it all. That, that's my pick is Chad. Nobody well, thinks it's going to be Chad, but I do. Well, tomorrow we have the Baron, Baron Corbin versus Samojo versus Ricochet on Raw. And then on SmackDown, we have Elias and Chad. And then the 15th. Raw versus SmackDown at Clash of Champions. I swear to God, if it comes down to Baron versus Elias, I quit. way of changing people.
How are you liking the podcast so far? I hope you guys are enjoying it. If you have a topic that you think we should be discussing on Down for the Count, don't hesitate to contact us. You can send us a voice message right here on the Anchor app, or you can hit us up on social media. Our Instagram is at D4TC underscore podcast. Our Twitter is at Down for the Count 19. And we'll be looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll let you get back to the podcast. My big thing that I've been seeing online that has been making majority of people mad is I hate, I don't want to sound like, no, you know what? I'm going on a fucking rant, so I'll pull my beer. Fucking Wolf Daddy has been pushed down her throat. Damn, <laughs> beautiful title for the last three fucking months. Three fucking months. He has been a universal title pitcher. He has gotten his ass kicked on every single time he's done it. And now they yeah. put him in the, the ring. That's what's pissing a lot of people off. We don't want to see this guy on our TV. We want to oh, see guys like Apollo Cruz. We want to see guys like Cedric Alexander. I want to and Samoa Joe going at it again. I don't want to see this hot topic fury reject on TV. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, so Breathe. Breathe. Breathe, Alexis. Breathe. I'm going to go look at that party. I'm okay. <laughs> um actually i don't think it's a tangent so my thing is i think the reason for them making a triple threat is for ricochet to end up actually pitting joe and protect gordon not court gordon jesus corbin um i think it's a way for them to get out of to make Corbin look strong, like lose strongly, mm-hmm. in my opinion, have Ricochet pin Joe and Corbin go huff around backstage and cry and moan, but obviously not advance. And it'd be an easier and then have Ricochet advance. So, you think it's going to be Gable versus Ricochet? Yeah, that I watch. And I then think Ricochet, and I think, I and think, then Ricochet's gonna win. I still say mm-hmm. it's gonna. I think it's gonna be Joe and Gable, and Gable's gonna win. Yeah, you know, you know how the match is gonna go. Joe and Ricochet are gonna carry the carry the match. Yeah, and then Corbin's gonna do all these stupid, the stupid, same stupid bullshit we've been seeing him do for like since for some reason he's been put in the damn title picture to begin with. Because the only other title I remember him having is the U.S. title. He didn't have it that long and didn't creative learn from anything when he won Money in the Bank. Because I don't know about y'all, but that's the first time I've ever watched Money in the Bank where the guy who won it, nobody had a reaction to. Yeah. It was pretty quiet back here. I remember that. I would have been grabbing a beer at that time. I was like, well, time for me to go. Facts. (laughs) 
bathroom break. Let me yeah, go over literally, here. that would have been a bathroom break. Yep. Why couldn't they just do Ricochet versus Joe? Because for some reason, they still believe in Corbin. And unless they plan on changing him and how he's presented, I don't, I don't see how you could believe in him. I really don't. I'm just sick of him in that Bravo uniform that he wears every week. He's finally, he's finally unbuttoning the shirt and wrestling him that white, that fucking wife beater. But it's still tragic. Someone, I have a no. lot of issues with. No offense to anyone who's on WWE's Glam Squad. I'm gonna need somebody to get it together over there because between. Oh. Corvette's outfit, um, Becky's fucking extensions having a complete life of their own, and I mean Amen. that in the most extreme way possible. Amen. Was, they're they're flying out. Amen. Out all different mm-hmm. colors. She mm. red hair is not hard to match. Literally, whatever town you're in, go drop her ass at a black salon. They'll get her real, real, real good, and then go pick her up. She'll be there for a long time, so y- so y'all might need to drop her off at six o'clock in the morning. But she'll be ready for Raw at seven. Amen. Say it again, Nicole. I don't think they heard you the first time. I don't think they heard. You. <laughs> <A> girl, <laughs> like, why Becky's hair also in a ponytail. Like what? Like you guys are like the experts when it comes to that shit. I don't know how to do hair and makeup, but even me look. You and me look at her. It's less like. Girl, they let you out. They let you out like that. Rule no. one on one: Don't put tape ends of your hair in the front and on the side if you ain't got enough real hair to cover it up. See, if your hair honey, thin on the side, don't do that. Uh, uh, let's just burn it down. Burn it down. Something or other. This is bullshit. Literally, literally burn it down. It doesn't um, help because Seth. No offense to him. <laughs> Also, like, also kind of looks a mess. <laughs> so, dresses like, like a complete piece of shit. <laughs> he dresses like a piece of shit. Like that's the only way to explain it. Like he dresses like he doesn't have a one pair of pants in his closet. <laughs> and it's just like, what he was that? What are you doing this Monday when he had that oh. button up in those pants? I'm like, how long have you had this outfit? <laughs> Oh my god! But like but, Seth looks, cra- like Seth looks crazy. Yeah. So it's like, like good for them. They're comfortable with themselves. I'm not trying to rag on anybody. But it's just like my thing is, they're high. They're very high up in the company, and especially like Becky is very mainstream. She literally has three separate. ESPN, ESPN commercials, and this also pissed me off. She is the seventh woman, so there's only been seven, only seven other women who have had ESPN commercials. That is true. Really? Yes. Yes. That's really so, fucking pathetic. You know, that's shit. what I'm saying. Like, like Becky's your star. Seth is one of these stars. He ain't, he ain't Becky level, but he's back there. He can hold her purse. But oh my God. 
people who are the faces of your company yeah she doesn't have to dress like Marisa every damn day even though Marisa's fabulous love her oh Um, yeah she has very good style she does same thing with Miz Miz looks Miz always looks amazing um so it's like you don't have to dress them up by them but hire them some personal stylists sorry this whole conversation went like completely left field we'll we'll get back on track in a second um it's just like hire them some personal stylists that have them be comfortable with changing it up like keep them with their comfort but also have them style be able to style themselves that they're presentable to the masses i think that's what kind of frustrates me about them because i'm especially Seth. i'm like motherfucker you too damn grown to i was like why aren't your jackets tailored like what they that's why he pissed me off when they were at the espies and like becky looked great i was like it's very like i love like her like her cape dress it was very like on trend very modern Mm -hmm. like loved it i loved the cut of it and And i was like set and I got mad. I'm like, don't, I don't want you standing next to her because she looks good and you just messing it all up. Like, go stand in the back. Go sit next, stand next to Roman and his family. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one thing that I miss about, like, the old days of wrestling. Like, you know, when I had to say when the Divas era was around, those women, when they walked out, they looked amazing. And some of them didn't even need it. Like, Maurice, you could put her in a freaking baggy shirt and sweatpants and she would still look fucking amazing. But you know, <laughs> you like you would have the guys in the back. You you know, like Hunter, he when he was in a, all those motherfuckers in evolution. Hunter, Batista, Randy Orton, Ric Flair, they come out, their suits would be tailored. The rock oh, wait, would come. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no, Alexis. Really? I remember I remember when they came out. Randy Orton shit never looked like this shit. He always wore those big ass dad's closet. Oh, facts. He always wore those big ass clunky payless dress shoes that you know cost like ten dollars. And then he wore big ass pants, which back then wearing big wide leg pants was the thing. Okay. And then the only one who would come out looking truly presentable was Batista. And then the next person was Flair. And then it was Triple H. And then it was Randy Orton. And Randy Orton never wore it. So he always wore a dress shirt that was tucked in like a 13 year old going to church. And he wore those big ass pants with those clunky ass Payless shoes he would put on and this super tan. He looked like a burnt hot dog wrapped <laughs> in little clothes. So no, they were not all I style outside of Flair, but he's old. So you, you, you know, you can't count him. The only one who had any sense of style was Batista because that style still resonates today. He's the only person who you so know for sure. Now. He cause he's gonna come to the He's gonna stuff. put that shit on. He's gonna look damn good when he does it. <laughs> you asked your place to do it. He just gained some style. Okay, I don't know what Stephanie been doing, but good kudos to you, bitch, because your man was looking a mess. I don't know, man. It's just like I see, I see some of the way that they come out, and I'm sorry. It's like I just remember where like you know the Rob would come out and the supposed like Versace $500 Versace shirt, and I'm like, motherfucker, you bought that up clearance section at God Zeus. I just saw it. At least he looked good in it. At least that's how very dress shoes. 
Huh? That's how Baron Corbin should dress, in my opinion, because he kind of dresses like he kind of dresses like that outside the ring. He dresses so good outside the ring, like he has great personal style. I'm like what the? So I'm like, what the fuck are you wearing? I don't. Well, I've seen his Instagram. He does have he does have good style. I do like it, but in in the ring, it just he just falls flat for me. Baron, why do I love you? on social media, but when you're on my TV, I just want to slap the shit out of you. That makes sense. Because no it's fine. You're supposed to want to slap the dick line. Um, welcome back, folks. This is why we had to take a break. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was watching, like, some show and you were, like, doing his house at the time and it was like, I'm like, why do I like you as a person? But your wrestling persona sucks, good sir. I'm like, really nice guy. Corbin is, is a genuine nice guy. I know I give I give him a lot of shit. But all in all, he's a very nice guy. But his wrestling yeah. persona is just he's a total dickwad. And I don't wanna do anything but just bury you in the ground. Like literally just go away. Just go away. At least when Triple H was a dickwad, he was an entertaining dickwad. No, no, I wanted to bury him too. I wanted him to go away. <laughs> oh. You know what? I'm just gonna sit here and keep my damn mouth shut because fuck. <laughs> God damn. So speaking of <laughs> somewhat entertainment, <laughs> we're WWE is fucking finally doing the draft again. That is true. You yes. Odin. Jesus Christ. The draft draft is supposed to happen um, the first night, the second night of SmackDown Live's time on Fox. So the first night they're going to do, which is the 6th of October or the 4th of October, it's the 4th. They're supposed to to have their 20th anniversary. And then that next week is when the draft is supposed to happen, but it's supposed to happen in two parts. No more wild card rule. No more wild card. It's over after sept after October, especially with the premiere. Think after the premiere of the 20th anniversary of SmackDown Live. That's when it will be done. That's the final episode of SmackDown where the wild card rule will be in play. After that, the wild card rule ends and the official draft starts. Now, from what I heard, they're supposed to do it more sports like. So think NFL, NBA, that kind of thing. Stepping shit up. And they said everybody's in play. So NXT, NXT UK, WWE Raw, WWE SmackDown, everybody is in play. A total shakeup is what they're supposed to do. Who would you guys send back to NXT? I would send Dana Brooke back. Um, uh, I send Lacey Evans back and put the title on Lacey Evans and um, NXT. Um, I wouldn't send Cross back. I'd let her stay. Um, For the guys... I send Apollo Cruz back. I think Apollo Cruz could use it. Um, I'd send uh, the Ascension back, beef up the tag team division. They already were like 
so weren't they like the longest reigning tag teams in NXT history or something like that? Yeah, something like that. And then yeah. they got called up and they've done absolute shit with them. Yeah, they just they're and I don't know I don't know if they're keeping them or if they're waiting out their contracts or whatever. But I sent Ascension back. Um, I would send the Colognes down there. I would send the guys who aren't really being utilized. Um, I send Cesaro to NXT UK. I think Cesaro will get great exposure to NXT UK. I also think he would bring a lot of eyes to NXT UK. Um, I'm gonna switch Sugar Daddy. You can't send him back to NXT. Oh my god! Look, girl. I all right, I gotta. Oh, uh, he's not a bad looking dude either, and he speaks like what five languages? Yeah. Yes. Like holy shit! Like he put on a bang up match in NXT Cardiff, and I was just like, he would fare well here in NXT UK. It's not a demotion thing. It's more like Cesaro deserves to be seen. And I think even if it's just on NXT UK, he will be seen. He's the kind of guy you can't, like even in his matches he's had recently, when he was in King of the Ring, he put on very good matches. Like they were highly entertaining matches. So I just don't want, I just don't want him to be overlooked anymore. And I I really, I really want to see him, whether he's a heel or a face, it doesn't matter. I think that he would fare great anywhere, but in a smaller place like NXT UK, he'd be an instant star there. Yeah, I just, I just, I don't care who ends up on it. I just want the damn wild card rule because this is what's pissing me off. Because like Tuesday, for some reason, Samoa Joe was on SmackDown just to make fun of Chad Gable. And it's like, motherfucker, you're two inches taller than him. Why are you calling him? <laughs> like I'm taller than you. You could kill me, and I'm still taller than you. <laughs> like half the guys on the roster. When you're five eleven, that kind of that kind of cuts out a lot of people. Like I'm taller than Enzo Amore. Like I could pick him up and throw him, and I'm pretty sure Triple H would pay me a lot of money if I did that right now. <laughs> but I just want whoever's on Raw. To stay on Raw, and I want whoever's on SmackDown to stay on SmackDown. And if you're someone from NXT, okay, cool. But for the love of God, can we please stop having SmackDown women trying to go after the Raw title and vice versa? Because honestly, I'm very confused. Because what was it? I was watching a pay per view with my husband because it's very rare when he has Sundays off anymore. I think it was like SummerSlam or something like that. And um, Alexa Bliss, who was on Raw, was challenging Bailey. This is probably before SummerSlam, but it was like Alexa Bliss and Bailey. And my husband's sitting here going, "Wait a minute, Bailey's on SmackDown." I said, "Yes." And he goes, "This bitch is on Raw." Wasn't that Extreme Rules? I think so. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, "Well, this bitch is on Raw." I said, "Yeah." He goes, "So why the fuck is she doing that?" I go, "I don't fucking know. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck they're doing anymore. I don't think they know what the fuck they're doing anymore, honestly." But I know for a fact that they're supposed to end this. This is the last time we are going to see this wild card rule. So after October 4th, it's done. There's no longer being played. 
<sighs> it's fucking better. Thank yeah. You. I think the draft is going to be similar. I th- it was 2016. I think it was a little bit before that. Or I think it probably was 2016. Yeah, when a draft is going to be similar to that. And I love that. I, remember, I was so excited. That's when um, Mick Foley was GM and Daniel Bryan was GM. And mm, yeah. I specifically remember that because that's when... Obviously, that's when they were like putting the rocket on Finn because he was, I think he was like, he was the third, he was the fifth overall. He was was in the top five of the draft picks. Yeah, he was. He was either number three or number five, but he was very, very high up. And Mm -hmm. he was the first, obviously, he was the first NXT person called. And it was also fascinating because he was called before some champions were even drafted. Yeah. Yeah. He was. Because the, I remember the top two picks were Seth and um, Dean Ambrose, John Moxley. And then mm-hmm. somebody, and I think Finn was third. I don't know. No, Becky. But, Becky? Okay, I remember that because Becky. No, it was Charlotte. Was, Charlotte was, it was Charlotte. Yes, it was Charlotte. Becky was the first woman drafted. She was the first. She was the first SmackDown pick, and she was the first ever woman to be chosen as a first round draft pick for a brand split. Mm-hmm. I thought that was. I thought it was Charlotte. That was Charlotte Becky. was a women's champ. I think no. Charlotte was on Raw because that's when her and Sasha were playing hot potato with the women's title. Yeah, but they. Wait a minute. I feel like. Hold on. No, because that SmackDown, that's when Becky came out, Naomi came out, and that's when um, Bliss and Carmella. I can't think of. Oh, I think it was Natty or somebody, but that's when Bliss and Carmella came up from NXT. That was the night. Okay. Nicole is right. In the first round, it was. Ambrose, it was Rollins, Ambrose, and then Charlotte. And then AJ Styles, and then Balor was chosen at number five. Woman chosen until round three. For the first two rounds, for the first two rounds, there were no women chosen except for Charlotte. She was the only one officially drafted in the first two rounds as a woman. And she was drafted at number three. Roman yeah, was number that's six. That's what I remembered. Balor was number five. And Styles was number four. Seth was chosen number one overall. And Dean Ambrose was chosen at number two. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Am I having this, that, man, that Mandela effect bullshit? I have no Probably. <laughs> on the WWE's website, this isn't like some blog, you know. I went to WWE's website and they have it round one. Seth Rollins went to Raw. Dean Ambrose went to SmackDown. Charlotte went to Raw. Styles went to SmackDown. And Balor went to Raw from NXT. So why are they... Well, because Becky was saying she was the first woman drafted to, to SmackDown, then. She was the first she woman was. drafted to SmackDown. She was. She was the first woman drafted to SmackDown, but she was not the first woman drafted overall. 
Charlotte was. I'm not drunk enough to deal with this bullshit. That <laughs> shipyard I had, so, man. So Becky no. was correct, but it yeah. was a little embellished. Mm-hmm. Uh, her. She so basically she made it sound a little bit better than what it actually was. Like yeah, yeah. she was in a decent standing. Like 14's not bad at all. No. But compared round. to Charlotte's three and mm-hmm. Finn's five, who wasn't even who's technically still in NXT. Right. It wasn't like yeah. Wait. No. Hold up. Was he in any? Yeah, yeah he hadn't ben come was- to the main roster yet. How long ago was 2016? I can't remember shit. Brosive. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Brosive. I remember that because, um, well, I, I remember just- that draft because I don't know why I, re- I remember, I think because I go often and I still rewatch it because I just I loved both those episodes and I just think it's so cool so I'm so excited like think of the banter of Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff just standing there oh that's gonna be with, dope oh it's gonna, I'm so excited for it but yes. it, I, re- I remember that because I remember also that I believe it was either Carmella or it was, I remember Carmella was last. Literally Carmella was the last person picked Is for she anything. At, yeah. And I remember when she, she was, came out. She was drafted number 59 in round 11. And yeah. it wasn't even announced during, you know, WWE. it was announced during the Draft Center Live on the WWE Network. Yeah. And yeah, I remember that. I also remember um, it was I who I remember when Alexa when they um, drafted Alexa. Alexa was in NXT still. Yeah. And I remember her like seeing her crying and on the phone with her mom. Oh. And I might not have like the best feelings for her like wrestling wise, but I remember and I was I remember I always and I still like get choked up about that because I remember because also she had the interview about what she like spoke to her mom about when she told her. But I just remember when Seth when um, Finn got picked and everyone just lost their minds at NXT. I just remember yeah. seeing Finn's abs for the first time, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, you're good. I'm going to be honest, I had no yeah. idea who it was, because I wasn't, I'm not, I wasn't clear on the indie stuff yet, so I didn't know who Bala was, and I was like, who is this? And I didn't watch NXT, so I was like, who is this guy? And then they bring him forward, and I'm like, god damn, they make dudes like this? I need to go Oh, where, wherever they make Jordan money. Devlin is have you, well you know who Jordan Devlin is Jordan no. Devlin why does that he's name sound he's in NXT UK um he's also from Bray County Wicklow Ireland and very literally like same negative two um body fat percentage um very good looking guy um also trained by Finn. Wow. Uh-huh. So also Finn's- really good. They're all good. Friends. Oh, they're all 
him and Becky. Um, actually, in her 24, was her 24 in her Chronicle, her last one that she did, when she went to, when she was back home and she had that dinner, mm-hmm. she, you could see J- Jordan Devlin's at the table. Oh, I'm going to have to watch that. Yeah, but he's also in NXT UK. Watch NXT UK, everybody, if you don't. Because I am going to go on the biggest tangent about NXT TakeOver Cardiff. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah. One more thing before we get to NXT. Right? I'm doing oh, well, we got one more thing before that, too, right? The Ric Flair scandal. Oh, oh Grandpa Rick out Ooh. here tripping. Do we have to? <laughs> we talk about it real super fast because, I mean, it's, it's recent news. Um, all right, I'll do it real quick. So in case you guys have been under a rock for the last week, uh, Ric Flair is actually trying to get the term The Man copyrighted. And since that name is now being used by Becky Lynch and previously Seth Rollins, because no one had a problem when an actual dude was using it. Not saying that, but, you know, it's, it's a thing that I'm seeing a pattern on the internet. Fuck you, internet, by the way. Um, so Flair's trying to basically copyright the saying, saying the man, and every time they, he and he wants WWE to give him money for it. Um, he met with Triple H uh, last week. They couldn't decide on a financial number that fit for both of them, but Flair's still gonna go ahead and do it. Now, here's the thing, and a lot of people are speculating, because we all know Flair's had money issues in the past. Dude is not good with his finances. A lot of people are are suspecting his new little 20, 30-year-old wife is putting everyone's favorite 70-year-old wrestling grandpa up to doing this. What do you guys think? I don't know about that. It's all very off brand so this is i know a little bit about copyright issues not a whole bunch not fucking lawyer don't come for me about not knowing specifics but copyright laws are very 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 specific Mm -hmm. so let's give an example so becky lich's so say wwe has a copyright of the man their copyright of the man is in probably and obviously in apparel Right, because mm-hmm. that's what that's where she's that's where they're selling it and probably certain forms of production i.e. their pay-per-views they probably don't care too much about TV because that's doing too much and that's the same thing so say I want we were wanted to copyright let's say our podcast Copy, we're copywriting our podcast obviously we would have very good leeway since we are in media we can copy that in a medium form but it'd be kind of hard to copyright it and say a movie or tv because obviously that's a phrase that's used quite often so it's very hard to get a for a stamp down copyrighted that's the same thing like kylie jenner got shut down asap when she tried to copyright the name kylie because guess what there's a kylie minogue who's a bad bitch and has been in the entertainment game if you don't know who kylie minogue is literally go shoot yourself in the foot amazing what he's doing a brand 
dance now. <laughs> I love her. Love Kylie Minogue. So that's what I'm saying. Like copyright laws are very, very, very specific, and you have to do like and it's also different levels, and it's a lot of lot of lot of work. And I also think, and my argument was, if Chris, if Chris, if Rick was so concerned about this, he would have copyrighted this years ago, mind you. Yeah, I, I'm pretty. Is, is Nature Boy copyrighted? I don't know. It and might be now. Come up with. He's not even the original Nature Boy. That's Buddy Rogers. So he well, would he might Buddy. not have if if he didn't come up with it. But the only saying a lot of people are reiterating is like he never came up. He never used to say I'm the man. He said if you want to beat the man, if you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. But he did used to call himself the man. That was his thing. But I still say um, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. All I know is that I, I feel like this is some bullshit. Um, it's not like WWE is just making millions and millions and millions of dollars off of Becky Lynch being called the man. I find it very strange hey. that this is the one who <laughs> that's being chosen to go after when Seth Rollins was doing it a couple years ago, like you guys mentioned. Triple H used to do it all the time. Um, Everybody refers to themselves as the man when they are at the top of the industry, the pinnacle. They all do it. So that's I'm not, I'm confused. That's what I was about to say, because Nicole said the same thing like a couple of days ago when, you know, the whole being that I think it's his wife pushing him to do it. Because oh. I'm sorry, and I, I don't care. When you're a 20, 30 year old woman still in your prime and you marry a 70 year old man, that sure as shit ain't for love, and you sure as shit ain't marrying him for his body. So you gotta be marrying him for something. Oh, no, I have mercy. And I'm Damn just saying, and Nicole Smith did it better. Thank you. Of all the sugar babies. Look, oh look, if there's any sugar babies out there, look, do your thing. Man, woman, whatever. You guys go out there, make your money, be safe, don't do anything illegal. Get, but get these bodies. Get, get your money. Because <laughs> I can't. I can't. As long as it's legal and no one is getting hurt, who am I to say? You know what, how you're making your income? Because I'm watching these things on Sugar Babies, and they're usually young women or young men. They're all very attractive, and they get with some dumb old man or woman who wants to pay them money just to be arm candy. And I'm like, shit! I didn't know this was an option. Can I go back to being 23? Because I, I can do that. And Girl, I, I know some women who are doing it now and they ain't close to 23. Lord forbid, if something should happen to you in your relationship and y'all decide to dissolve things, you can still get anything you want out of any man that you get with. All you gotta do is know how to do it correctly, okay? Yeah. I don't know how to do it correctly, but I already told you. Okay. That's okay. That's why me and Nicole here. Nicole got you on the on the game. She got you on the game. I got you on your on your face and your hair and everything. We get you together. Don't worry about it. All right. All right. I told my husband. Yes. I said, well, he, he goes, you know, <laughs> my husband's like, well, you know, because he's like, I'm already gonna go before you, and I just don't want you to sit around and and you know, he goes, I want you to get remarried, and he goes, I just want you to to marry someone you love, and I look at him and I go, sweetheart, if you croak. I'm getting me a rich one, cause fuck that. 
We can I use that word. We're fine. I need we financial assistance. I need. I have a kid. I need to take care of. Like something happened to him in the next ten years. I'm like, uh, where's the nearest old rich dude? Hey, you look like you're about to die. Come here, Grandpa. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> look, I gotta pay. Literally. I got. I got to take care of my kid, man. And no, just your sugar babies, whatever. You guys are, just keep doing you. Just do it. Just do it safe. And no one is used goods. Everyone out there, you are an amazing, awesome person. I don't know who needs to hear this today, but you are awesome. And fuck all that background noise. You're amazing. Agreed. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Yeah. But yeah, Rick, Rick, that whole thing, and it's very, it's just all, it's just very, is smell is just does it not something is very not clean in the water like it's just very very strange and i can understand triple h being upset because it's like why like why and and it's also also triple h unfollowed him on uh social on twitter i don't know if he actually did on instagram too And it's also very strange because Becky Lynch is your daughter's best friend. One of her best friends. This well, is like, what? telling me that Charlotte was very, very upset. And yeah. she's still mad. Like, this apparently, is... yes. Apparently, um, Charlotte's not very happy with her father. Mm-hmm. She... Uh... Yeah, just, just, I mean, because think about it. I mean, it's your dad being stupid because the woman, I'm going to sound like a horrible person. I don't fucking care. Um, When you marry someone, when you're Ric Flair's age and you marry someone who is around the same age as your daughter, that's fucking disgusting in my book. Uh Uh-oh. Like, my oldest, okay, I'm 34. The oldest I will stop at is 45, and that's pushing it. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. So there's that 10, you know, the 10 year plus, but, you know, if I'm Charlotte, and I'm, I mean, look at, I mean, look at Terry's new wife. You can get in your name, bud. Terry Bollea, look at his freaking wife, his new wife. He looks like his daughter. And that's, <clears throat> that's fucking creepy. I am no remarried. I don't pay attention to Terry Belia and any of his shenanigans, so. Me either. They're not even fun shenanigans. They're just racist shenanigans. Back to uh, back. she bleeds them dry. Take all the shit. He ain't got shit to take. <laughs> but that fucked up wig he keep wearing with that damn scarf, <laughs> Tommy. Bring his ass out there. We know it ain't real. <laughs> we know it ain't real. This is some hair plug. Yeah, but, yeah so, um, I don't know. Rick, get, get it get it together. <laughs> Literally, get it. Get it together, sis. Um, <laughs> it's a mess. Oh my god, Nicole just got possessed. <laughs> Literally. I don't know um, what he's doing, but it's, it's not worth it. It's not, it's not worth it. You're too old. It's just very strange. And copy, that's what I'm saying, like, copyright laws is, just, is a lot. And it's like, you literally take 
took a phrase out of your phrase and you want to get money from it. So you want to get, a phrase, you want get money from the phrase from your phrase. It just, it's just, it don't seem right. And it seemed like he, he's, he's, he's angry with somebody. He literally said that um, WWE clearly doesn't respect him. And I'm like, what? What? I'm like, Rick, like, Triple H used to worship the ground you walked on. Like, you could do no wrong in his eyes. And like, I hate to bring this up, but when Charlotte's brother was passing and they did that 30 for 30 with um, Ric Flair, that and was Triple H was on there, and he said, he said, we gave Rick's son, you know, like multiple drug tests and he could not pass them. And we were trying to tell him, Rick, hey, he's not passing these tests. And Rick didn't believe him. And they were giving him test after test. Now, let's be realistic. If this was a normal, regular Joe Schmo off the street, that shit wouldn't have went down like that. Like, you fill that test one time, you're out of here. You know what I'm saying? I don't care who you fucking are either. I, I don't care if my kid is WWE champ, the guy who cures diabetes or the you know the guy flipping burgers at mcdonald's if i have a person who i'm supposedly friends with and they piss test my kid for drugs and every single time they do it i mean I, yeah one one i agree with you one time if it was just me or you they'd be like get the fuck out you know we don't yeah. care but the fact that you're repeatedly giving this guy that you consider your friend and like someone you look up to and you're piss testing his son I would, I'm not going to trust my kid at this point because I'm going to be like, okay, Hunter, when's the last time you you piss test and what came up? Okay, so methamphetamine, pot, whatever they test for drug-wise. I have into his drug use and they still, they tested him, they tested him, they tested him. He said, look, we're going to give him one more shot. If he fails, we, we can't, we can't bring him in. And Rick was just like, I don't believe it. He's not, he's not taking drugs. He would not believe it until that final test came out. And then he finally kind of caved, you know, and it was just like the, the, the leeway that he gets, you know, and I understand to make no mistake. I get it. Rick Flair was the man you know he was the pinnacle of what a wrestling persona should be whether you are a face or a heel you fully embody what you're selling and he did that one in the ring and outside of the ring he was rick flair okay but all of that comes at a cost and i don't think later i don't think that he and for you to say that WWE is doesn't respect you, that's a stretch. And it's also he's like one of the he has a legends contract, so he stays getting a check. Anytime he is in your anytime your likeness or anything about you is used in any type of WWE, especially if you're like certain legends, you get a paycheck. All those TK yeah. shit, he gets a paycheck. Hill, oh. his ass shows up for some shit for Mania or I don't know, something. Gets yeah, paycheck. like that fucking Raw reunion they did. They got Get paid a paycheck. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying. Like, you're one of the few legends that gets paid regularly. That is not 
a backstage persona. He literally is at home and gets paychecks from WWE. It's not like he's someone who's like a road dog or Shawn Michaels who are at who are working or Matt Boomer or William Regal who are working. Mind you, it's behind the scenes, but they are working and their legend is earning their paycheck. So that's why it's, it's just too. He just does. It's just I don't, I don't care anymore. Fuck him. Um, <laughs> I love you, buddy. So you were, you were the man, but times have changed, my dude, and you need to change with it. But I love you, Rick. But seriously, I'm throwing some serious side eyed at Ric Flair right now. Like, no. Well, I can say this: if your bitch is making you do all of this, she don't have your best interest at heart. And you need to drop her ass right now. Because ain't no amount of pussy worth your dignity and your your sanity for the last years you got in this world. Ain't no amount of coochie worth that. Also, also, Rick, is it worth losing the relationship with your daughter over? Mm -mm. Potentially. Potentially, if it gets as bad as it could get. Because it's also not it's not looking good now. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the benediction on that. <clears throat> we'll see how it plays out. We'll, we'll briefly talk about um, all out. Okay, I'm gonna take a break on that one because um, I, I honestly see any of all out. I'm I watched all that. All right, I watched I the that. whole show, man, and. What? Yeah, I went over. I went over to a friend's. I'm gonna get so much. No, you know what? They fucking deserve this. I hope you motherfuckers are listening because I'm about to call your asses out. Ooh, it's a lot of curse words. I got a lot of frustration now. So, um, <laughs> I went over to a friend's house. I watched AEW. Um, we kind of had some technical issues, so I caught the tail end of the women's uh the women's match, and I will. This is the fucking goddamn mountain I will stand on. Brandy Rhodes should not wrestle. She does not need to be in the freaking women's division. She can do the behind the scenes paperwork. But as for being on my TV, bitch, my four year old can wrestle better than you. She does a way better crossbody than you. She took me down with it today and I was impressed. <sighs> I'm okay. <laughs> um,. Overall, production was really good, was really good. Um, except whoever was doing the cameras had a lot of love for the pan out shots. Um, that kind of drove me crazy after a while. There was only like one bad match that entire night, and it was like the best friends versus the Dark Order. But other than that, it was like a really great show. And of course, the fucking Lucha Brothers were on there, which hell I'll watch them no matter where they go and uh, LAX showed up so that was kind of cool so I would uh, like to see LAX versus the Lucha Bros um somebody apparently read my Jimmy Havoc fan fiction from back in the day because there was some pretty kinky shit going on in that match uh, <laughs> uh I'm not saying that because y'all are probably looking at me like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm. I'm very. I'm. I, I, I'm not gonna touch that Jimmy Havoc fan fiction thing. <laughs> we'll save that for an episode that I can okay. buy alcohol for. 
No, like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna have to get more than Shipyard. The Shipyard fucking sucks. Oh, there goes my uh, sponsorship. Anyway, um, no, it was one point where they were like having a hardcore match. It was, it was him, Jimmy Kamala, and um, Darby Allen, and they had duck. They had got Davy Havoc in a chair, and they put him in a chair. They duct taped him, and then like uh, Joey held open Davy's uh, Jimmy's mouth. And okay, I'm just gonna call him Havoc because there's too many J names already flying around. Anyway, they held Havoc's mouth open and they poured thumbtacks into his mouth and then they duct taped it shut. I'm like, oh Jesus! And I was like, what the fuck? And then I was like, there's no way there's actual thumbtacks in his fucking mouth. Like you know, you know how they like they spit it out or whatever. Well, he gets out of the chair and he rips the tape off and he you just start seeing him spitting out thumbtacks. I'm like. What the fuck is wrong with this man? Oh uh, no. no 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 no! I'm freaked out. I don't like this. There was no blood. You think with him spitting it out, there would be blood? There was, there was hardly any blood except. Oh god, what match was it? I had my notes, but they're in my car. I can't. There was only one match that had blood, and it wasn't a hardcore match or a special stipulation or anything like that. It was the. It was the. Jericho, Jericho and Hangman Page, who fills out those trunks very nicely. And yes. like how I said, Hang if Hangman Page needs anyone to take him for a ride, I am available on <laughs> Mondays and Tuesdays. I never want to be a horseback. Get your son, <laughs> <some>, girl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, you know what? It, I mean, it wasn't a bad show. Everybody's talking about Cody's match, though. I did see some people say that it was kind of lame. Okay. So, someone sent me a timer for two minutes because I'm about to bury Cody Rhodes. Okay, here we go. Okay. <laughs> two minutes. Tell me when you're ready. Ready. Let's go. Okay. So, first of all, Cody Rhodes comes out to... The weirdest thing ever, because Sean Spears comes out, he's with Tully Blanchard, he has that whole great entrance, it's fucking fantastic, because it fits Sean Spears, because the way he's, uh, you know, with his heel persona. Fucking I Cody! I it a lot. I thought it was rad. Like and you know, I, I do not, I am not here for Sean Spears, but that was great. <laughs> and I just don't understand. <laughs> but, but so that's pretty cool because I understand they're trying to this is all out it's like they're they're trying to make because that show was four four or five hours long from the the three stuff beginning so it was like I'm like is this supposed to go Wrestlemania at least like holy shit this is a long show and uh then you see Brandy with their fucking dog Pharaoh she's dressed as like seven of nine from Star Trek and I would understand if there was a production value. Okay, she's walking through the back and back fucking gorilla position bullshit, and then here's MJF with his douchey scarf that I want to chuck the little shit out of him with. And Motherfucking he's wearing a yellow Star Trek shirt. I'm like, okay, seven of nine. And then DDP shows up out of fucking nowhere. I'm like, what the hell are you doing here? And I'm like, where is DDP? DDP just showed up for no fucking reason and then they had the dog with him this is gonna be my big thing 
if you have a dog, if you have a cat, if you have some sort of animal with sensitive fucking hearing, do you put them near a fireworks explosion? Nope. No. And they did that with that dog, and Cody had the lamest fucking entrance in his... I don't know what the fuck was up with his tights with the leopard print around his crotch, but you could tell that one button <laughs> And the other one was going down. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and then the stupid camera guys decide to angle the shot of Cody when the fireworks are going up. So you're seeing Brandy standing back there like a fucking dumbass with their dog. And the fireworks start going off. That poor dog goes insane. No one's trying to calm him down. And the entire time, I'm like, why the fuck are you doing this to your dog? And the whole time, the whole fucking time, it's just like, he, Cody didn't even come out in Star Trek gear. I would get if he was like, I get it, him and NJF, they're close. I get him and Brandy. Him and Brandy probably went and had kinky sex afterwards with her wearing that bodysuit. I don't know. You live your life, Cody. I don't care. Ugh. Why would you be there? And why? Honestly, I'd be very interested in seeing that. I would. <laughs> I, I don't want to see the man wrestle, much less have sex. Anyway, yeah, me um, I'm trying to list doing that too, and I don't want to. I don't want to see that. No, mm-hmm. it's just he cut like everyone's in Star Star Trek stuff. Like they're literally in Star Trek shirts, and he's and he got leopard print on gold <laughs> pants with like leopard print right on the crotch. It's so tacky. Enzo wouldn't have even worn it for ring gear. Okay, so he comes out. And then the dog and and the dog Brandy and DDP kind of fuck off, and MJF stands out there, and I'm like, okay, I get it why MJF is here, but it looks stupid because the <laughs> where's the production value? We don't like, have any. If that bullshit happened in WWE, everybody and their goddamn mother would have been on the internet tearing them a new one the next day for their shitty production value on that one part alone. And that match is way too fucking long. And now Cody is going up against Jericho, which I really would have wished Paige would have won it. But now that I'm seeing, like, they're trying to make it marketable, like, hey, come watch us. We got Chris Jericho. But now fucking Cody... Mr. We're going to do everything different that the WWE is going to do. We're n- I'm not like Triple H. Guess what you're doing, motherfucker? Next goddamn pay-per-view, you're fighting for the goddamn title because your win-loss record is better. First of all, you stole that from Evolve. So fuck you, Cody, for trying to come up with something creative. Number two, your wife can't wrestle for shit. Number three, build your goddamn women's division. And number four, get your belts together. I'm done. Okay, Alexis, we gave a little bit more time than you needed, okay? <laughs> gave you four minutes. All right. Now you got to breathe. It's time okay. to take a breath. Um, um, funny, so I watched, um, shout out to Nobody's Watching Wrestling. Um, they are hilarious. Um, it's a bunch of drag queens and um, queer individuals that comment and watch wrestling. And it is the funniest, some of the funniest wrestling content I have watched my entire life. It's very, very funny. And they make the point of their outfits where a bunch of friends, a group of friends who are going to Comic-Con for the first time, decided to dress up 
as Star um, as Star Trek, but everyone had different price points that they bought their cos their costumes at. And they all went to different party stores, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's exactly what they looked like." <laughs> like someone bought a costume for twenty dollars. Um, Brandy obviously got the expensive one. She she dropped at least two to three hundred. Um, MJF maybe paid five bucks. Um, it's all like the price range is just it's like it was a mess. And then it's also I didn't understand the point. And I think that's what some people at AEW don't aren't realizing that clothes can tell a story, especially if you do cosplay. And mm-hmm. um, Johnny Gargano is very good at that. Yes. He does it too. Um, especially when... Yeah, he does very good using cosplay to tell where he's at in, in his career and in his um, in his character. And um, when... And then also when... And then sometimes Seth does it right. But he does, does when he really settled well, when it settled, he does it. Like when he wore and I didn't catch it till someone mentioned it. Like when he wore when he beat um Lesnar for the title title at Mania was very similar to when he had his money in a bank heist, almost to a T. So that was part one of the last episode, but don't worry, part two is coming up very soon. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you guys in the next one.